Usually when I'm asked to give Brahmachari class, I say that whatever I wanted to say on this subject, I already put in that book. Nothing new to say. Of course, we can say the old things again. It's always fresh. Mm. Some observation I've been thinking about recently. Some observation that uh, there are various reasons for being a brahmachari. One thing, it's... What is that? That Prakashananda Saraswati said to Chaitanya Mahabharu, Kiba offers, why are you sitting in a dirty place? So it's sitting next to the jharu, or sitting right on top of it, it's not such a very good idea. Better take that out. It's not... It's not good to have darshan of it either. It's inauspicious. You should know all these things. That should be seen only when it's being used. And be the sweeper of the Nam hut. Then, then you can use. That's a good point. So there are various reasons for remaining brahmachari. By brahmachari here I mean in the general understanding of the word, which means... Well, actually the general understanding is that of a student, but the general understanding in ISKCON of a a brahmachari is uh, yeah, and when we say student we don't mean the modern college student the, the word student has undergone transformation even in the west even in english student used to the universities were first of all established for imparting religious education and now they are the bastions of irreligion so student originally meant the brahmachari, shishya, vidyarthi. Vidya here means paravidya, particularly paravidya, knowledge of the self. Kimtad brahma kimadhyatma, etc. So the, the meaning within iskon of brahmachari means generally taken to mean one who is living in the ashram with the idea of not marrying, of remaining in this ashram throughout his life. That's actually not the traditional meaning. The traditional meaning is one who's a student and generally he goes, the, the student goes home, samavartam, and gets married. But in Iskon it's generally taken to mean that those who will remain unmarried. So, that's a good idea. It may be an idea for some only. How to, how to turn that idea into reality, or to maintain that idea. That's like the big question that Brahmacharya is on. Actually, if you're always asking this question, I would recommend don't ask it. Just go home and get married. If you're always asking how we can stay brahmachari, then don't bother. You're not going to remain brahmachari anyway. If you have to keep on asking this question, if it's such a struggle, it, sh- it should be pleasure. Brahmacharyati, iti brahmachari. And one should be experiencing brahmasuk. If one is not experiencing brahmasuk, then only he will ask how we can remain brahmachari. Then it means he's thinking how to experience the maya-sukh, 
There are two things, Brahma-sukha and Maya-sukha. So if you're not experiencing Brahma-sukha and you go on asking how I can stay Brahmacharya, then you're not. Then you're not, a, you're not properly situated. Then you have to find out that everything in the Srimad Bhagavatam about married life is true. You have to find out by personal experience if you can't catch that Brahma Suk of Brahmachari life. So it's a good idea. Yes, it's a good idea. If we understand that the purpose of life is to live forever. What is the purpose of life? The purpose of life, that's the, that's the meaning of life. If there's death, then there's no life. There's no meaning to life if there's death. Then it's not, it's not really life. It's just waiting to die. So, Brahmachari life means tapo divyam, undertaking divine austerities by which Brahma Sokyam Tvanantam, one can experience the Brahma Suk, which is unending, means no death. How to conquer over death? Brahmachai lives forever. Means he's preparing to live forever. Yadgatvana Nivatante Tadhama Paramamama. So if one is takes to Krishna consciousness and is not is young man, unmarried, then the obvious thought will come then why marry at all? This is the this is reality. So we should do whatever is required to be fixed in that reality come to that state of being fixed, Brahma Charati, being fixed in spiritual, the spiritual situation. So there's no need to get married, rather it is a major impediment. If, if one has the choice between serving Guru and Krishna 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Sleeping, bathroom, all this is only to facilitate our service. And the choice between that and becoming entangled in family life in which, especially in the modern age, one has to work so hard to maintain a family that Krishna conscious Direct Krishna conscious activities are for most householders something they squeeze in, in between their activities which are centered on earning money. And along with earning money there's also social obligations, family obligations. The main family obligation is to earn money. That is clear that we see that People, they often go away from their family to earn money. So the main thing that the family wants from you is the money. So, obviously, one should, if one has the opportunity, one should remain Brahmachari. That's the, it's a good idea. It may not be recommended for everyone. If someone is not fit to be a brahmacharya, if they are attracted to Krishna consciousness, but they have many material desires by which they are not able to remain content in brahmachari life, then they have to go to the Grihastrasha. And that's why I say, if you are always asking, how can we remain brahmachari, then you are not fit. Then you have to go to family life. No one is condemned for that. There are previous sangskars. Sangskar is like a scar. It's like a deep, imp- it's like a fixed impression. It's difficult to remove. Difficult. Can be overcome. 
but generally the the influence of that is so strong that unless one is very strong in Krishna consciousness to overcome that sangskar of strong material desires may be very difficult. So therefore it may be recommended that for you in this stage better you enter family life and that will be for you a safer position more realistic position better to be an householder honest in the sense that you are dealing with your material desires rather than a so-called brahmachari now it's not that every brahmachari if, if, if is completely pure you may be brahmachari but material desires are also coming but if one is not one shouldn't think that because I have material desires in my heart therefore I must marry but if one can go on with Krishna consciousness without being overly disturbed by these desires then he's fit to remain brahmachari these are very these are generalizations now, one thing I'm seeing, I was saying I had an observation, this is the observation, that um, sometimes we, quite often in the modern age, we see the, let me backtrack a bit first, that there are different reasons given for not entering family life. You'll find in Prabhupada's books and in his spoken preaching. Various reasons are given. One is that family life is so troublesome. So difficult. You work hard. I have so much you have to work and work and especially that often means mixing with materialistic people and then even then it's you may dream of a beautiful submissive wife but as it happens, most people are not beautiful. The number of beautiful people is not so many. And then submissive wife in the modern age is more, more and more becoming a dream. <laughs> They're trained differently. More and more we will find in... India and especially in the metros and very modern cities like Pune that the Kanya Dan she's no longer a Kanya you can't find the Kanya <laughs> they're already used second hand or third hand or fourth hand second hand brides and anyway, it's not kanya dan. It's just larkiko kichkoro, like this. It's not someone's giving. You're just grabbing them, like this. It's cat and dog life, as Srila Prabhupada said. So, also that sounds that Indian culture, or not only Indian culture, but basic human culture that was there in India. That's broken down to a large extent. So the sangskars of modern girls is, they're not trained up in the old way that they used to be. So you can expect that family life in the modern age especially tends to be very troublesome because both have very high, both man and woman have very high expectations of sense enjoyment which that's the very nature of material expectations that they're not fulfilled and therefore you become frustrated you'll find it seems almost everyone has in their astrological chart nowadays that if they enter family life it'll be very troublesome but it's not just the chart it's just the whole modern age that matter in the modern age especially family life is very troublesome 
If you want to know, ask the Grihastas. They'll tell you. It's very troublesome. Even if there is harmony between husband and wife, which is not so common, even among devotees, still there's so much trouble to maintain. So it's very troublesome. That's one reason to consider very carefully before entering fa family life that why should you enter if it's going to be so troublesome? Now, what I'm seeing, and now to come to my observation, is, well, there are other reasons. I mean, there are more positive reasons, such as the, the desire to preach Krishna consciousness, to, to spread to others, the desire to dedicate one's life to Guru and Krishna, to studying Shastra, preaching Shastra. But what I'm seeing now is that there's a class of, of brahmachari who, if someone came to them with ten million dollars and said, here's a, here's a nice kanya and you can marry, they'd go for it. But as that doesn't happen to them and they can see that if I get married, I'll just have to be so much suffering and struggle and how to maintain. That their main reason for wanting to stay a brahmachari is that they can just see it'll be so troublesome to be married. So difficult. They have the desire to, on, they have the romantic desire. But at the same time, they're seeing that. It's just not worth it. So they're not really very committed to the positive side of Brahmacharya life. But they're just saying, oh, it's just too much trouble. Better stay a Brahmacharya. So that's not a very positive platform, but it's an observation that I've made. I'm seeing. And they know that immediately I have to think, where is the money coming from? That's the first thing. Where is the income? And then there are so many it's unending financial demands. So they prefer to avoid. And then the, another reason is that they're thinking that it's very difficult to, not only financially is it difficult to maintain, but spiritually it's also very difficult to maintain. Because the, the kind of facility we have in Brahmacharya life, materially it may not be a very good facility. Just like here in Pune, materially it's not a very good facility for Brahmacharis. But I'll tell you one thing, when you get a materially good facility, then usually the standard of Brahmacharya life goes down. As long as there's not good facility, then you'll find very serious people are coming. And it's very difficult to be in Maya because where can you go? There's always other brahmacharis around you. There's no privacy. And even if you want to sleep for 15 hours a day, it's very difficult to find any place where you can go and do that. So actually, as generally we find, as long as long as there's no good facility, generally the temples are, are very vibrant. And when they get good facility, they tend to go. The spiritual standard tends to go down. It doesn't have to be like that, but it often is. That famous conversation, Prabhupada, he was told by his guru Dev. As long as we were living in the rented property in Ultadinga Road, we were happy. Now we have this big palace, Bhagbazar Temple, and they're fighting. Who shall occupy this room? Who shall occupy that room? So better to take out the marble, sell it, and print books. If you ever get money, print books, he told. So, uh, 
spiritually. It's very it's much more difficult, especially if you're if you're used to that atmosphere of every day rising early, being in association with devotees, and then then if you have to go and all of a sudden you're in some apartment and there's no one to wake you up and there's no if you want to do Mongolati you, you don't just shower and go you have to make some effort first thing is you have to get up in time and then uh, there's not much time for sadhana because you have to go to work and you're working with people who are horrible actually after being with devotees you have to mix with people who are horrible they're not devotees they're they're talking all nonsense and they don't even like you to talk about Krishna. They don't encourage you to talk about Krishna. They completely admire and they expect you to be also. They don't like your Krishna consciousness. So it's a completely different atmosphere, completely opposite atmosphere. Just as Brahmachai life is favorable to Krishna consciousness, so how solar life in the modern age is unfavorable. It doesn't have to be. Prabhupada wanted to make Rural communities, so that all ashrams, and especially householders, could live in a devotional atmosphere. But we don't have that. That is the reality at the present time. It's not a reality that we should succumb to. We should see what are all of Prabhupada's desires, and instead of making our Krishna consciousness movement part of the fitting into the demoniac society, it is our responsibility as, as followers of Srila Prabhupada to make the alternative society, Krishna conscious society. That's another discussion. This uh, topic under discussion at the present time is how what a what a difference there is between one who's lived as a brahmachari and one who has to go for family life. Especially if one has had the ambition to remain unmarried but then finds that, well, I'm not actually fit for that. I, I need to marry or some, some will tell, you're not fit for that. And then they go to that. It's, a, it's very different and difficult atmosphere. So, some devotees, they may ref prefer to remain brahmachari because materially it's very difficult to maintain as a householder and spiritually it's very difficult to maintain also. What a difference between being in the brahmachari ashram and, and working in some job. Even if your wife is a devotee, you come home and the atmosphere may be somewhat devotional, but... It, it's there's a lot of difference, and uh, home atmosphere you can't tell either. That there are different levels of devotees, and some, even the wife may be a devotee, and then her idea may change, or your idea may change due to bad association. Then you may want to get a TV in the home, and then everything's finished. Spiritual life, practically. I mean, we do have. People who are initiated and who come to the temple on Sundays and they also watch TV during the week. But I can't understand it at all. It's, it's like you've got a double track intelligence here. It's like enjoy, then go to the temple and then you can't be Krishna conscious. It's not, it's just a, it's definitely not Anya Bila Shita. Shunyam Uttama Bhakti. It's not. It's just a kind of cheating process. So there's, there's this kind of Brahmachari. They're, they're like, they're Trishanku. They're neither, <laughs> they're neither in heaven, nor they, nor do they, they didn't really get up, but at the same time they don't want to fall all the way down. And they think I, you know, they're thinking I'm qualified to be up, although they're not really. And somehow they're being suspended in midair. But they're not, they're not really up there. But they're not coming down either. So, 
this one level that just just holding on or one's in the brahmachari ashram and living steadily and making a little make a little space for yourself six foot by two inward this is my comfort zone is my zone someone has a gpc zone someone has a six foot by two zone foot you don't use feet here and then two meters by 0.7, something like that. Enough space to lie down and keep your possessions. This is my, this is my GPC zone. But better be on the positive platform. You can maybe maintain like that, but then what happens is that often it happens one will be going, one will be in Brahmachai life, but not, not really exemplary, because the motive is not positive. It's it's more like the Mayavadis Vairagya. That they're they're renounced because they want to the main motive is avoidance of suffering. The main motive is not how to serve Krishna. The motive may be there to serve Krishna, but the main motive is how I can avoid suffering. So that's Falgu Vairagya. That's not very positive or strong renunciation and it's liable to be broken at any time so real positive renunciation comes from attachment to Krishna to maintain that one has to have a very deep internal commitment one may do so for some years but if if one doesn't have a very strong commitment to pure devotion to serving in pure devotional service to to striving to attain the level of pure devotional service then after some time you start to think this is this is too troublesome and start to I have to make my own space six foot by two is and that's also violated that's not enough I need I, I need my independence. I can't live like this forever. And then one is impelled by sanskar. Unless one has unless one comes to a higher level by practice of Krishna consciousness, then in due course of time the old sanskars will come. They'll become prominent. And by the power of Maya, one overlooks how troublesome material life is, or householder life is. That we, on that basis, for so many years, one may have maintained Brahmachari life. That it's too troublesome being a householder. But then due to the power of Maya, it starts to look very nice. They call marriage Kalyanam. They're thinking it's something kalyan, something auspicious. It is auspicious if Krishna Shankara, if one enters Krishna's family life. But generally, that that's kalyana. This word is used for marriage. That's on the material platform. If one is thinking in terms of dharma, artha, and karma, then to accept a dharma patni is the key to artha and karma. So this is considered, it's considered dharmic to accept a wife because by doing so, one can fulfill his debts to his forefathers. Everyone should get married. That is a rule. And in karma kanda, that is a rule. Everyone should get married so he can, so he can perform the auspicious duties of producing sons or at least one son dharma putra after that after one dharma putra others are kama putras the first there's manusas first is you only need one son to execute dharma so more they may be produced out of desire so that's considered kalyana 
auspicious, that can be auspicious if one enters Sangsa, Krishna Sangsa, Krishna centered family life. But practically speaking, it's more difficult to do so, unless one has a very strongly devotional attitude in family life. But the tendency is to mix material desires with spiritual desires. Actually, they don't mix. It's a bad mix. Brahmacharya life is very pure life. If one is actually following, better to be an honest householder than a charlatan sadhu. So I said more or less what I had to say about Brahmachari life is in that book. And what I've said today is also not outside the scope of that book, but it's some observations expanded from what is already written there. Does anyone have any questions? Is that the right time? Yeah, please. Maharaj, uh, one of the aspects of Ramachari life in Eskon is preaching. So, we have heard that Krishna consciousness, by giving, we also get Krishna consciousness. By sharing, it increases. But often we see that if we keep giving, somehow we seem to lose strength and we also need to recuperate. No, so well, ha- preaching doesn't mean that uh, one only preaches. There, there has to be, the, the very basis of prachar is achar. Acharan, apani achare prabhu jibere shikai. One has to replenish oneself by hearing and chanting also. Unless one is regularly hearing and chanting, his preaching also won't. Neither there'll be uh, potency, nor will there be any example to follow. What are we preaching? We're preaching that you should engage in shravan kirtan. And if we ourselves don't do, then it'll be. How will the? How can we inspire people if we don't do ourselves? So, preaching is required and practice is also required. Then, then we won't feel. We can feel worn down, even physically, if we're traveling a lot to have lots of late nights. It can be. If, we have, if we're preaching late at night and then the next morning again we're up early and due to our being affected by the physical condition we often find that we can't concentrate so nicely on hearing and chanting if we're very tired. So all these points have to be brought into consideration. Then, anything else? Uh, it is uh, said, Maharaj, like Brahmachari should be like bold in preaching. So sometimes devotees. Brahmachari take should be bold in preaching. Preaching means that we ha- we have to speak that which is not, which is generally not desired by the people we're speaking to. So that requires boldness. It's not only if anyone's going to preach then boldness is required. This is not only for brahmacharis. Bold, what does it mean, bold? Bold means that you may be saying something which may not be very pleasing to others. So, you're inviting the displeasure of others. That is considered bold by those who are concerned about the, what others think of us. But if we're only considering how to serve Guru and Krishna, then it's not really bold. We can say we're bold if there's a consideration of personal sense gratification, what others are thinking of me. But for a, for a devotee to speak the truth is not a matter of boldness, it's just his service, it's natural for him. And what others think is not his concern. How they accept it, of course, we have to see. We may put the... There may be sugar-coated pills, but intrinsically, 
we don't care whether what the public like it or not. We're not we're not prostitutes for the public that we have to dance according to their tune. Hmm. Hare Krishna. Uh, it is said that we it have, is said by who? Uh, by Prabhupada. Yeah. Why? Why don't you say you that? You can then? find in. Why don't you say then? Prabhupada said. Not it is said. You converted Prabhupada into it. That's called impersonalism. Uh, Prabhupada mentioned that uh, there is a three purpose for um, preaching. First is uh, why we preach. Uh, we preach because we want to uh, get purification. Yeah, yeah, there are three and there may be more also. If at one place Prabhupada says three, that doesn't mean it's limited to that. And one of that mentioned is compassion. Mm. So if it not if it is not there, then what to do? Chant Hare Krishna. If there's no compassion, then we're not Krishna conscious. Therefore, we have to hear and chant and become purified. Preaching is a matter of duty in the beginning stages. As one becomes more developed, then compassion will arise. There's some other question. Maharaj, uh, what is the right age to become a brahmachari? Well, traditionally, the brahmachari age is... It'll be different in different traditions. Five, seven, like this. Eight, even, as late as... I mean, to become a... To go to the Gurukul, like that. Otherwise, nowadays, of course, our definition of brahmacharya is something different. I mean, someone who's been a someone who's not been a brahmachari, and they they take up that at the age of eighteen or twenty or twenty-five. So what we call brahmachari nowadays, it's different from the traditional model. Also brahmachari, but not according to the traditional understanding. Brahmachari can also be understood. Brahma means the Vedas. So who is studying the Vedas? Studying Guruko. So that generally from a young age. Then. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Maharaj, uh, you said... Maharaj, you said it's very, very, not very strong... May do if he doesn't go to family life. Yeah. So that is possible in uh, both the ashrams, like as you you only mentioned that even in Grihastha ashram, one uh, one is not very fixed. No, up. in Grihastha ashram, one is one is coming to terms with the material desires. One is admitting them, and living them out in a regulated manner. So that's different to a brahmachari who's supposed to be who's supposed to be very seriously working on overcoming his material desires. Whereas in Grihastha Ashram it's it's a different proposition. In Brahmachari life if of course, there, there's the brahmachari who plans to go back home and get married. But even then, and that's while he's as long as he's a brahmachari, he's not cultivating material desires. He's living brahmachari gurukule vasandanto gurur hitan, hmm? acharandasavan nicho 
Guru Sudra Sodrata. He's living like a slave. Dasavan. Like a slave. In the Guruku. Living Acharan Dasavan Nicha means living like a, actually like a slave. Of course the Guru is very affectionate. But uh, he's he's living a life of austerity. And when we say go to Grihastra Ashram, they're indulging in material desires, but in a traditionally that would mean in a very regulated way, not like in the modern age where it's it's very loose, but regulated. When we say Grihastra Ashram, that was very regulated. So in the Grihastra Ashram, there's lots of tapasya. There's lots of sadhana. There's Vridha Seva, Atiti Seva. It's Dharma means even in the Karma Kanda, Dharma means that a life of not living simply for oneself. That we were hearing this morning, Vasudhaiva Kotumbaka. That consciousness is especially cultivated by sannyasis. But actually, that the whole Vedic mission, Sarve Sukhino Bhavantu, not just me. So, <clears throat> Brahmachari life is, is meant sp- specifically for Vairagya. So, if one is thinking that Actually, I'd like to enjoy material life, but it's so troublesome. So I would be more materially happy and well off by going through the motions of being a brahmachari. Uh, And then at least I don't have much material facility, but I probably wouldn't have much more as a grihastra anyway. And it's so troublesome to maintain it. Therefore, I'm more comfortable materially as a brahmachari. Therefore, I'll be a brahmachari. That's not real brahmachari life. Whereas a Grihasta is admitting, yes, I have these desires and I'm going to indulge in them in a limited extent in a manner that can be dovetailed in Krishna consciousness. So there's a difference. Uh, Maharaj, uh, this shloka Brahmachari Gurukule, the word Sruhudam comes that the friendship with the spiritual master. On the other side we hear that no, fire... That's Sohridam. Sudhirdam means the very strong. The two words come in the same line. Guru, Sudhirda, Sohridam. The, the Sohridam, that is the friendship. Suhrit. On the other side we hear fire, deity and spiritual master. We need to keep a distance. So what is the practical meaning of this word? That friend? Suhrit, what is the meaning? That we, have, that we have to keep a distance from the guru, guru, not be very close, and at the same time, suhrit means heart to heart. How are these two things reconciled? Guru mukha padna vaka chitete korea aikya. Heart to heart with the instruction. And also, this instruction Krishna is giving, this is, he's speaking to Uddhav. Here he's speaking about the traditional brahmachari who goes to live in the forest with the guru. So actually it would be a very intimate kind of setting. So it's just like with your father. Of course that may be changed in the modern age, but usually if one has a father, growing up in the West they often don't have a father. The father is long gone. So, uh, there's definitely affection is there, but at the same time, it's a different kind of affection that you have with your friends and your brothers. There's, there's distances there also. Then...
That's more like the guru to disciple relationship is more like father to son. It's very similar in many ways. We say how you should serve guru, but traditionally the son served the father. They'd bring him water, fan him, massage him, all these things. Not in modern life. But that's how it used to be. Hmm. Maharaj, uh, what is the role of, uh, or role or importance of uh, cultivating philosophical discrimination on the path of bhakti? What is, is the importance of cultivating philosophical discrimination on the path of bhakti? Well, you can tell. You know, you know so many shlokas. You can no, tell. No, I just wanted to complete the question. Because uh-huh. on the other hand, we say that the difference between the renunciation of the of the Mayavadis. And the bhaktas is that we depend on Krishna. So we also cultivate knowledge. At the same time we are expected to depend on Krishna. So how do we... Uh, what's the cultivating knowledge and the example of the Mayavadis? The Mayavadis, they just try to cultivate knowledge. like yeah, But their knowledge is not knowledge of Krishna. Devotees' knowledge is knowledge of Krishna. This... Uh, de- devotees' knowledge and the, devotee and the Mayavadis' knowledge is quite different. That's erroneously, sometimes devotees who are studying, interested in studying Bhakti Shastra, Bhagavad Tattva Vigyan, they are criticized as being jnanis. But that, that kind of jnani, that kind of gyan is wanted. Devotees should be a jnani. He should have Bhagavad Tattva Vigyan. But this kind of Shushka Gyan, dry knowledge by which one doesn't cultivate knowledge of Krishna. That is not that that is antithetical to bhakti. But knowledge of one's relationship with Krishna, Sambandha Gyan, that is the very basis of Krishna consciousness. So there are so many that's why I say you can tell there are so many verses. That's one side. That by cultivating knowledge of Siddhanta, knowledge, Siddhanta is not just knowledge, it's understanding, appreciation. It's not just a matter of learning. By, by cultivating knowledge of Siddhanta, one's mind becomes strongly attached to Krishna. And as Srila Bhaktisthan Saraswati Thakur said, taking the same understanding in another way, uh, he said, Siddhanta Alashjan Anartha Tacharena. Those who are lazy in the matter of understanding Siddhanta, they cannot give up anarthas. So that's important, isn't it? If you if you if you don't understand the Siddhanta, then we that in itself is the first anartha to not understand Siddhanta, from which all other anarthas spring. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Maharaj, you told that we should have, we should experience Brahma Sukh in Brahmachari life. But at present she is like, <coughs> we don't have, like, myself, I don't have any, intellectually I am convinced, okay, to quite a lot degree that there is misery in the material world or the life, and both materially and spiritually. Like, it is not good. It's better to have in Brahmachari, be in Brahmachari life. But at the same time, the higher taste or that is not developed in Krishna consciousness. It must be somewhat developed at least, otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here now. If it was just theoretical knowledge, then you could maybe write a write a PhD or something about it. 
that it would all be licking the honey bottle from the outside. Some taste must be there. You can't say there's nothing. You can say, but we won't believe you. <laughs> Some taste must be there. But how to work on to develop that, build that? How to. One of those how to questions. The answer to all these how to questions is go on with the process of Krishna consciousness. Eha <laughs> There's no other process. There's one seminar by Sachinanda Maharaj called The Art of Transformation. I don't know what it is, but I just presume it's the repackaged process of sadhana that Prabhupada, following Rupa Goswami, gave us, because this is the process. Generally, people are always looking, what's the secret? What's the something special? We already have all the secret special stuff. We're all, uh, this is it. This is the process. Follow and you get the result. We shall become transformed. Spiritual life begins with what? Getting up from Mangalarti. That's the beginning. Every day is a new beginning. How can I become spiritually advanced? One devotee asked Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, you follow all the rules and regulations carefully. Those processes, why he's asking? The process is already given. You just have to follow it, that's all. We're always asking, how can I, how can I do it? How can I do that? It's already there. You got all. The, there's no other process. It's not that we're. It's not that something's hidden, and that there's some special secret which. Now I, I was coming to Iskon Puna all these days, and this one question was troubling me. And then Bhaktivikas Swami came, and he told me, "Oh, it's something they never told me ever before." <laughs> he told me the secret. Now I know. But, uh, no secret. It's, a, it's all the... Just maybe we didn't hear. We didn't catch it. We didn't believe it. That's all. We have to tell you again and again. Chan Hare Krishna. Rise early in the morning. Hear carefully. Attend the class. We have to say again and again. And one day we may understand. Oh, Really? <laughs> It's, that's it, okay. We're always saying, when, when are they going to teach us all the secret stuff? You know? When are they going to really tell us? This is, you know, this is it. We're not hiding, we're not cheating you. You may be cheating yourself, but we're not cheating you. We pray to Krishna that we're not cheating him. If I'm cheating myself, then I'll cheat you also. Give this mic. Maharaj, what are the realizations of a sincere brahmachari who is practicing very sincerely? From quite some time and... What are the realizations? He realizes that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I am His eternal servant. The Holy Name is non-different from Krishna. These are some of the realizations. Expecting something new? <laughs>
I was listening to a lecture, recorded lecture by one of my god brothers who's been a sannyasi for many years and he took sannyas long before I did. In this he was saying, I, I just came to the realization I have to give up false ego. I have to give up the idea of enjoying myself. So, he already had that realization for so many years, but then it may strike us even more strongly at some point. When we can understand that the holy name is non-different from Krishna, then we're pure devotees. So there's no difference between what pure devotees and neophyte devotees do. In many ways there may be no difference in their sadhana, but the, the level of appreciation is that may be different. So that's why just go on and gradually our absorption will become more. Our realization will become more. I can we we can say this and we can say that, but again it's something that has to be on it has to be realized. Bhakti Pareshanubhava. It's a matter of experience. To be experienced. Hmm. Uh, Maharaj, generally we say that uh, when we chant holy name like Japa and we do Hari Kirtan, so there is a Ananda Kanda in like Hari Kirtan, devotee dance jubilantly, but while chanting the struggle is there. So why does, uh, like, which is like Ananda Kanda, what exactly meaning of like Ananda Kanda? <laughs> and a uh, lot of people exact get very fitted. meaning, we need... That you don't get taste or you find difficult to get taste in Japa means that everyone should be in the same position? Is it? There's, there's not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Ananda. Is, he, he, he just gave it as some nasty duty that we have to do. We have to sit down and chant the holy names. That's our... This is our misfortune. Knowledge is revealed by serving the spiritual master. Then what is the role of cultivating spiritual knowledge? How to balance these two? Well, this is on the point, again, of realization. Dibbogyan hride prakashito. Guru mokapaddavaka. We have to hear, but then th- that knowledge is revealed within the heart. So, hearing from devotees is a purely spiritual process it's not an acad- it's not a mundane academic process it's a spiritual academic process and entrance into that knowledge realization is a gift so we have to do our work that and as as much as we're serious to do that then that will attract the mercy of the devotees to reveal the imports. But again, when we say realization, it's, it's not something static. There's, there's realization and the same point. You realize again and again more and more and more. We can sing this on this point, which seems to be the the main thrust of all the questions, is attaining realization, attaining taste. We can it's very valuable for us to sing this kirtan of Srila Bhakti Nautako. Kobe hobe bolo shede nama. How we will attain Harinama Ruchi. Pray for the mercy of Bhaktivinoda Thakur.
One more piece of paper is coming. That's nice. How have you developed such tremendous faith in the words of Srila Prabhupada? How do you know that I have tremendous faith in the words of Srila Prabhupada? Can you please explain? Well, if you don't have faith in Prabhupada, what do you have faith in? Uh, you have faith in politicians, meat eaters, mayavadis. Who are you going to? Who are you going to have faith in? Prabhupada inspires faith because he is linked with Krishna. He is self-effulgent. Acharya. So he inspires that faith. As Prabhupada often said, that you have to believe something So what are you going to believe? You're going to believe in Prabhupada or you're going to believe in, like I say, people who have no knowledge that I put at the beginning of my Brahmachari book. That Why should we follow people who have no knowledge that there is even a goal of life, let alone how to attain it? So we have to believe something. If someone says, I don't believe in anything, then you ask them, do you believe what you just said? <laughs> you have to believe something. So, why not believe in a perfect person? This is the last question for now. Hare Krishna Maharaj. You've opened up with Hare Krishna. That's good to start with Hare Krishna. Srila Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthaka said, No, don't put Hare Krishna at the top of a letter. Don't put the holy names. That, then you be, That's like becoming the Harinam Upadeshta that you're instructing. That's why I, I don't like so much when the people, they say, Hare Bol, and then you're, in, you're in, in actually instructing. So that's all right, maybe to a junior, but according to Mariada, you shouldn't say Haribol to a someone who should be telling you to say Haribol. So at the top, of, traditionally at the top of any letter or any writing, you'll put something like Sri Sri Guru Gorango Jayataha or Sri Hari. Last year I was in Sri Ranga and uh, I went to the house of Sundar Bhatta. If you maybe you know, he's one of the leading people there who's very favorable to us. He wasn't there. His daughter was there. She's around, I guess, about 15 years old. So I can't remember what exactly it was, but she gave me some note, some piece of paper about this size some note, someone's address or some phone number or something. I can't remember. And at the top she wrote Shri. Just on a little note. That habit is there. So, within the Dari, it's called. In Bengali, in Hindi also, in Dari, within the lines. So that's like an invocation. So that we can... Shri means... According to Sri Sambhara, that means Lakshmi. Sri also means Bhagavan, Hari. So Sri, Sri Hari, Sri Guru, Sri Sri Guru Goranga Jayataha. Or among the Karmis, they'll put Om Ganeshaya Namaha, something. Offering invocation to the Lord. But just the name by itself. According to Srila Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthakur. Anyway, that's, you can say, a relatively minor point of etiquette. But it's important nevertheless. Is it required 
for a brahmachari to go very deeply into different bona fide scriptures or just Prabhupada's books are enough. Well, it's very clear from Prabhupada himself that he said that these four books are sufficient for preaching. He may read other books also. He didn't say, he also said to read other books. But these four books, Bhagavad Gita as it is, Srimad Bhagavatam, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Nectar of Devotion, these books Prabhupada emphasized. How to know that, ah, it's one of those how to know questions. You always want explicit answers to general, you give a general question and expect a specific answer. How much should one be renounced in the householder life? It's, it's different in every case. So this is a, how to know that how much is too much, how less is too less. That's why you can't learn everything from a book. Do it yourself, bhakti. Teach yourself bhakti in 30 days. It's, your individual situation has to be assessed and 